Shout out to Sports Banter audience. Shout out to my guy, Polar Bear. Welcome back to Sports Banter. Hey, took a little hiatus. Things went down. Polar Bear's engaged. <laughs> Polar Bear's engaged. <laughs> right. I got we're back pol- in action, baby. I got a Polarette, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Polarette is alive and well. Uh, welcome to Season 2, Episode 25 with your hosts, Mr. Peanut and... Of course, the polar bear, of course. Oh, man, we got some things to discuss. This is, I would say this is our bread and butter. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be football only today, and we're going right into Wild Card Weekend. We're going to go over the national massacre that was Georgia TC. Let's start there. Uh, whew. Man. Just, oh, my God. Georgia TCU, uh, you know, okay, so we had talked via text about the semifinals of the college football playoff, incredible ball games, just everything you want to see out of a football game, back and forth, yeah, uh, big time plays, and then responding to the big time plays, right. and just, just incredible football, and really Ohio State could have and should have been in the national championship, they missed the kick versus Georgia, so Georgia gets another shot to repeat, and um, Gotta say, going into the game, I really thought TCU had a legitimate chance at at least competing. Obviously, as we'll get further into it, I would agree with that. Um, but that's at the beginning of the game. I'm like, if they play the same similar style that they played versus Michigan, I feel like you can beat anybody if you're going to play free and gunslinging. And that's what I was kind of hoping for going into that game. But you know, as we saw, that does not how it went. No, I, hey, you know what? It's it's funny you said that, like, you know, going in, I had the exact same, I was shaking my head no, and then I'm going, you know what? I did actually think, you know, the way that TCO, TCU played, like you said, against Michigan really gave us, as college football fans, the opportunity to see, hey, you know what? TCU is here to play, and they're here to make moves, and, you know, maybe they will be competitive with Georgia. Mind you, the game definitely showed who was the better dog, no pun intended, if you will. Yeah. No, no question. I mean, so long story short, I mean, I don't even think it's really necessary to go into what, ha- like each thing of what happened, but yeah. 65 to seven was the final. Just look, I'm a, like we run a podcast about sports. I'm a huge sports guy. We're huge sports people. I didn't turn off the game. I had to go, you know what? That's it for me. Yeah, yeah. If TCU is not going to do anything, then I can't be involved. And here's what – and we were texting about it. Here's what got me. And this is what you can touch on talking to your uh, TCU affiliate who will remain nameless until you decide (laughs) or not decide. I don't even know what I'm talking terms anymore. (laughs) But like I said, going into that game – uh, I expected a lot more fight at TCU. And look, yeah. Georgia's a great team. They executed to perfection. But um, to me, it looked like TCU was so afraid to make a mistake, so afraid to play the way that they just did last week. Right. That it was, I mean, disappointed is a word that comes to my head because really, if it comes down to it, you really have no pressure on you because no one expects you to win anyway. Georgia won last year. They're undefeated. Right. They're going for the repeat. They almost blew it versus Ohio State. So, really, the pressure is over there. 
you were picked to be like six in the Big 12, go seven and five, and you've had a fantastic season, and now you're in the national championship. So that's where my head would be at. If I'm the coaching staff, if I'm on the team, like let's just let it all hang out and right. let's see where the chips lay. Totally. Um, and that's just that's just really not how they played at all. They were so like Duggan's holding on to the ball forever. Oh my god. Uh, you know, defensively they're not tackling. It was like everything fundamentally that you could do wrong, they did wrong. And that's how it turns into an absolute blowout and people like me turn off the game and then and then it turns back to the conversation. This is what bothers me so much is oh, the SEC teams are such a higher level. Right. And TCU should have never been there. And then it's like that's what the result uh, turned into for TCU. It's disappointing to see. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you say about that. Um, I think my biggest knock on TCU is exactly what you alluded to, is just playing scared. I mean, the coaching staff, it felt like they were holding back, if you will. And like you, you had said, a little bit tentative, a little bit scared maybe. Um, and I love that you brought up the point of just let it all out, let it play loose. And, you know, I think maybe the game got in the way of TCU, but I kind of argue myself with that point because they just came out of a huge game with Michigan and showed the nation what they could do. So I, if anything, and what you said earlier, if anything, the team that was coming in with, you know, all of the momentum is TCU. Georgia definitely should have shown Ohio State who's boss. And that game came down to a field goal, which is the game that I think we as fans really wanted for a national championship. But we didn't get that. TCU right. was making mistakes. Like you said, they were holding on to the ball long, too long. Defense was just non-existent. And I, I texted you, uh, you know, it, before the game, I said, Georgia running game. That's what it's going to be. And, you know, there were times where I felt like, Georgia was just kind of, you know, toying with TCU. Like, let's just see what we can do here. Just, and that's what TCU should have played like. Like, hey, let's let's throw this, let's throw that. And you know, TCU trying to run the ball against Georgia was just awful. Couldn't couldn't see it happening. Uh, and again, they just didn't have any form of game that was running on all cylinders to open up little things. It. it Everything that they were trying, Georgia was stuffing. Everything that they were trying to be successful at, they failed at. And again, <laughs> I, no, knock, no knock on TCU to get to where they were, but this is what I said to everyone about this: is TCU is a thirteen and one game team, and if you're going to go that far into the season, you you are showing people that you have won and you can beat teams and. You're on the highest level of college football. Show us as fans, but also show the NCAA and other teams like we are the team to to not fuck with right now. And and TCU didn't do that. And they failed at an opportunity that they should not have failed at. Yeah. And I guess another thing I was thinking is and who is to say even on TCU's best day, do they beat Georgia? I don't know. But in terms of fan, fan viewership, like we we deserved a better game than an absolute like the, it was the biggest blowout in like championship history. Yeah. Um, and then TCU had LT coming to the uh, coin toss of them. Loved that. 
I was excited. That got me going because I was like, you know, like the vibes are good here. I like it. Um, and then it was 10 7 at one point. And I mean, TCU never scored again. 10 to 7, never scored again. I think that's the difference between, I mean, Georgia was out there obviously to handle business, had the mentality of, we're going to take it to them and see how they respond. And TCU just right. never found a way to respond and never got anything going, like we said. So, highly disappointing finish to the college football year. But, Got to give a lot of credit to Georgia as well for putting that type of beating on TCU. Uh, Stetson Bennett, what an all-time story that guy has from yeah. a walk-on reject, basically, to uh, yeah. Utah back-to-back national champion, um, you know, all the accolades you can think of. Um, they got a ton of guys going to the NFL. So, all the credit to Georgia there. Love it. Hey, just a quick note. Did you hear Kirby's, like uh... – I did. The pregame speech? I mean, see, um, that, I don't think I, he said wanted, anything special there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think – I loved the way he said it, but I don't think anything he said was, like, that insane. He was more just pitting to the point of, like, you know exactly what to do. Yes. Just go out and do it. Like, we prepare for this. Like, And I think that's what TCU is missing on the other side is, like, oh, we're in the national championship. It's this huge thing, and I think maybe that got that consumed him which is how they played. And then Georgia, it's like, yes, it's a national championship, but it's really another game. And we, this is what we like live for. That's why you came to this school. Like just go out and do it. Like we did this last year. This is why you're here. Go and take the moment. And like you said, you're ready to run through a brick wall. I'm sure those guys oh, yeah. were chomping at the bit to get going. And, and it, it showed. showed. Yeah. yeah. With a near 60 point W. So I don't know. Disappointing end of the season, but uh georgia you know they're they're on top of the college football world which is good to see another team outside of alabama so we'll see what um you know sets and bennett's out of there jalen carter will be out of there um so we'll see what georgia looks like next year but could be looking at a three-peat college is done now we're moving on to the big dogs nfl (laughs) we are finally in the playoffs and this is the most exciting time because you never know who's going to show up you never know who's going to show out you never know who's not going to show up. And it starts on Saturday um, with Seattle playing at San Francisco. Who do you got? San Francisco, baby. Purdy is the man. Purdy is the man. And I Sticking was talking with it, about, huh? Oh, hell yeah. I was talking <laughs> about this right uh, – funny enough, I was talking about this right before we jumped on today. And the reason I got San Francisco is, one, it's got a, he's got the best cast around him. But number two, that guy is playing. He has nothing to lose, and it's showing in the way he's playing. He is building his resume, and God love the man. He is taking the 49ers to where they need to be, and I'm taking 49ers. They're scary. What, like 10 games in a row they've won? That's yeesh. Yeesh. Yeah, that's a little opposite from uh, where we've lost 10 in a row. But uh, not about me. Hey, not about me. Not about me. This is about the playoffs. <laughs> um, yeah, I. so I am going to take San Francisco as well. I, they're nine and a half point favorite. I think it's going to be closer than that. I agree. Because Brock Purdy has played tremendously. And I think it's a huge credit to the 49ers organization as well, that the fact that they've gone through, he's the third quarterback now, that they've gone through and he's still playing well. So there's this, that whatever system is in place there yeah. is allowing for 
Purdy to be successful. And whether that's just surrounding him with top-tier talent of McCaffrey and Debo and, you know, not forcing him to win the game and allowing him to make plays, whatever it is, it's working. Because like you said, they're on a 10-game win streak. Um, San Francisco is going to be rocking. They're excited. They have a lot of expectations. They've been in the playoffs probably like the last five or six years and haven't got to that final echelon of winning the Super Bowl. They lost it to the Chiefs uh, like four years back or what, what have you. So this would be definitely a game that they're expected to win and just an absolute disaster if they don't win. So on the contrary, I would say like Seattle's path to victory, score early and make, you know, put the pressure on Purdy to like, you guys have to score immediately. Um, and, you know, mix up the looks. The thing I like about the playoffs the most is that defenses play a lot differently in terms of uh, schematically. Like, right. you'll always see what we've talked about in the past with Lamar Jackson uh, being an extreme factor in the regular season. And then in the playoffs, defenses play a different way around him, force him to pass the ball. So I'm excited to see what Pete Carroll cooks up and what they make Brock Purdy do. And then we're going to see exactly what type of quarterback uh, pretty is and can be in the big moment. So I still stand Fran, but I think it'll be probably a one possession uh, score. Yeah. Yeah. And the next game. <laughs> yeah. Next game on Saturday, Los Angeles chargers at Jacksonville. Rip it. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm a little upset with this game. Um, I don't know why. I think I just have problems. Yeah, why was that? <laughs> I, think I, I think I just have problems with both teams. And my biggest problem is, okay, who do I want to win? <laughs> I, I, I want I want the Chargers to win. Okay. And That's good. Yes, I know. And because I don't want to see Jacksonville move through this, it's just going to it's going to turn into hell for everybody. Okay? It's going to be – it's just not going to be fun. Mind you. Chargers, they are – I don't know how they got here. They – I mean, I am I do. It's all Justin Herbert. Let's just put it at that. Nothing else. And their coach is atrocious. It, it Like, this game to me is like a garbage game. Like, meh, you know, here's just the leftovers of the food. Just slide it <laughs> off the plate into the trash can. <laughs> and it up. So, piece of success. I think the Chargers just need to – play balls to the wall. I need they don't need to make mis- make mistakes. Justin Herbert needs to get protection in the in the pocket. He can't get hit. He's got to throw the ball. Um on the other side, Jacksonville just, do whatever you want. I don't really give a shit. Just just lose. That's all I care about. Just lose. And, and uh, it's nice to see Jacksonville get where they are. I will say that. It's nice to see that. Do I really care? I do not. So Chargers all the way. I hate to say that because I hate the Chargers, but I don't want to see Jacksonville keep moving on. So there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, this is actually a game I'm probably one of the more excited for just to see how it unfolds. Uh, I feel like a lot of matchups in wildcard weekend are kind of like you could probably guess who's going to win. I feel like this one is one that could go either way. Jacksonville smoked the Chargers in LA like week three this year. Right. Um, I don't think that really applies at this point in the season, but it is just an interesting fact of like you guys got absolutely smoked by this team. 
Yeah. Um, I like the Chargers too. Um, but like, I think it's going to be, this is going to be a strange game. I think uh, I if, you watch, if you just watch Jacksonville and Tennessee, like Jacksonville really didn't have a lot of things going for them offensively until like a few drives here and there, but right. Uh, they won on a defensive score at the end of the game on a, you know, they're playing against a third string quarterback. Like really Tennessee had a good chance to win that game. And then we wouldn't even be talking about uh, Jacksonville. We'd be, talking, we'd be talking about the Titans and the Chargers. So I think they're kind of a mixed bag offensively. Sometimes Trevor Lawrence looks like the part of a number one pick. Other times it's just kind of a three and out and no flow going. So I think a large part of their success relies on shout out USD alum Jamal Agnew for special teams field position. And uh, just like how their defense plays, if they keep the scoring low, obviously they're going to be in the game, but I feel like that's the recipe for how they win games. The Chargers, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's no secret. Like Justin Herbert is, he's the ticket. Like yes. Air Bear is the ticket. Air Bear. That's of the Chargers. Because um, he can get guys like Eckler going. He can get guys like Keenan Allen going. And if Mike Williams stays healthy, he's an absolute X factor. He reminds me a lot of Anthony Davis because he's always hurt. Right. I'm crossing sports there, but it's the same concept. It's okay. Um, and I'm just kind of I'm puzzled by uh, Staley, the head coach. Like last week, that game didn't even matter, and Fire. the starters are in like literally the entire game. Mike Williams gets hurt, still keeps him in. Look, I, he just he strikes me as like he's the type of coach that could make a just awful call at some point in the game. Like they get they're going for it in their own twenty or like fake punt when it's fourth and ten. Like he's that type of weird brain. Granted, uh, the Chargers have gone through just a tremendous amount of injuries and the usual Chargers shit, I would say, and they've pulled through it. So I think that says something about where they're at uh, collectively. Um, but this is a game they should definitely win just talent-wise. But will they? Chargers in the playoffs, you never know. Love it. Uh, then we go on Sunday. Your Buffalo Bills taking on the depleted Miami Dolphins. Biggest favorite of the whole deal. They're favored by two touchdowns, 13. Um, Yeah, what do you got? As a Bills fan, going into it. As a Bills fan is, one, we need to be successful in every asset of the game. Number two, we need to leave the game with no one getting hurt. That is like to me is absolutely huge. Like, if we can get out of the game without getting anybody major hurt, I mean, I don't want anybody to get hurt ever. But I, I'm just saying, like, I think right now the way that the Bills are playing, the momentum that they have, just it's they're built for success right now. And again, you already brought it up. Like, Miami is very depleted. In my personal opinion, I don't think Tua should play another down of football. That's a that's a personal comment. It like just with how many concussions he's had this season, going through concussion protocol, he's still not passing concussion protocol. Like there is something there to be said about his physical, you know, you know, just level. Like that guy is there's something going on. And I don't I'm 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 praying that the NFL and the NFL PA are are keeping a very good eye on him because I personally don't think he should play. 
That being said, I wish he was because that would create yeah. a huge game between well, Miami and Buffalo. I'm not saying that this is an easy run for Buffalo right now, you know, to go through Miami. I mean, they're a young team. Yes, they are depleted from everybody, but who knows what could happen? You know, <laughs> it's wild card football. I think, like you said, everybody's got favored as Buffalo, but keys to success for Buffalo is go in, be successful. Josh Allen, you're going to throw an end zone pick. I'll accept it, but we better be scoring other touchdowns. <laughs> Make sure nobody gets hurt. Miami, you know, builds for success is find the spots that Buffalo is going to fail in, which I hope are not a lot, but they are going to fail. Josh Allen is known to be throwing some picks. There may be a fumble. We have dropped the ball a lot as Buffalo. You know, coming off of last week's game, I think some guys on Buffalo's team might be playing a little bit tentative. I think Miami, hey, count, you know, play on that. Play quick, play quick. And, you know, I think, again, this game seems really one-sided, but who knows? Like, it, it, you know, who knows what could happen? But, again, I got Buffalo. My, my bills. Yeah, I think I think the only reason you're a little cautious is just because you're you're a fan in in the situation where you don't want to go all in. Look, right. as an outsider, as an outsider with the number one pick looking in, <laughs> uh, I think this is going to be an absolute blowout. I mean, no Tua, like you said, uh, Skylar Thompson's their quarterback. I I don't see a world where they might cover the spread. Somehow, I don't know how. Other like the the Bills coasting and like playing at like fifty percent, right? Uh, if the Bills play seventy five percent of their game, it'll be like forty to three, I think. I mean, it's just it's just a completely different. Plus, I mean, look, we're we'll get into it to, toward the end of the episode, but the emotional impact that the Bills have toward their team right now is like they're to me they look like a team of like destiny. Right, because um, obviously it's bigger than football. It's you're playing for a purpose. You're playing for somebody. Um, it completely changes your drive of like how you approach a football game. Plus, the the city of Buffalo is fantastic of uh, supporting the team. So that collective unit versus like a third string quarterback is an awful recipe for the Dolphins. Um, so I think honestly, and if you watch the Dolphins Jets last week. Which I did not, but I saw the final score, and that was enough to be thankful I didn't see one second. <laughs> 11, <laughs> 11 to 6 or 8 or whatever it was, just it's, it's horrible. So Miami's just happy that they found a way to beat the depleted Jets to get the last seed. Just happy to be a part of it. That's They'll right. collect their like 18th overall pick, and we move on. But this is no doubt a blowout. Take it to the bank. If I had a gun to my head, I'm taking Bills minus 13. Moving forward. <laughs> uh, we got the – this is a this is an interesting one. I don't know how you feel about this. But we got the New York Giants taking on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. This is actually the game I'm most excited for. And okay. I don't really know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is the thing. Both of these teams have been very, very bad for a while. You know, like in, you know, Minnesota has been better than the Giants. I will say that on a, on a, you know, rolling scale, if you will. 
but I think both the stories of the boat of two of these two teams going into this season has really that's why it's making an exciting game for me. Minnesota, you got a new coach, you have a team that in my mind has really come together and learned to play with each other. I mean, they're fucking making look Kirk Cousins be successful. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's put that there, okay? They're in a wild card game with Kirk Cousins. Let's just let's label that right there. Um, on the other hand, you have the Giants. The Giants have been poor for a very long time. They have tried to change what they're doing and be a successful organization like they used to be, and it just it it is so. That's what I find interesting about this game. He's the success for Minnesota. Kirk Cousins just. Don't do anything stupid. Minnesota's, yeah. Minnesota's defense, you need to be successful. And just, you guys will be successful. Giant side, happy you're there. Figure out how to win. Do we want you to keep going? I don't know. I don't know if I want both these teams to keep going. But who knows? Who do I want to win? I'll be honest. I would love to see the Vikings win just because I like their story this season. Um, and so, yeah, that's where I'm at. A lot of emotion out of me for that, for my decision, not really, you know, which is a classic right. polar bear move. That is, yeah. You got, yeah. you got very polar bear ask right there. So you got the Vikings? <laughs> I, I'm taking the Vikings. Yes, sir. All right. Um, yeah, no, this is definitely probably the, my second exciting game. I want to, or probably second or third. It's a strange matchup, which gets me going. I like strange shit, strange yeah. matchups, strange brains, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, here's the thing about Minnesota. I don't think they're that good. They, they've won know. They've won so many uh, one-score games this year. I think they've won every single one of them. Granted, they did beat the hell out of the Bears, but once again, that doesn't mean anything. Everybody beats right. the hell out of the Bears. So that was last week. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. I do, however, love Justin Jefferson. I think he's that's one of the reasons that makes Kirk Cousins look so good because throw right. that ball in the vicinity of that guy and he's gonna make a play. Correct. Um I would I wanna pick the Giants and I'm going to, but it's gonna be an uphill battle because they're just always struggling to score the football. I mean we're probably looking at a team that averages, I would guess these are unproven statistics, but I would say it's like 15 to 17 points. That's not a lot of points. Right. Um, I think they're tough, gritty. I do love Brian Dable and uh, Kevin O'Connell, rookie coaches going head-to-head in the playoffs. Love to see that. I can see. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't – I Minnesota is what just this team that – like, so what, they went like 13-4 and four or something like that? Um, and they're still like, I'm not really concerned about them if I'm another team in the NFC. So right. that's how I look at Minnesota. They find a way to blow stuff all the time. So I just think that's t- their type of identity where it's like, no matter what happens in the regular season, you're 0-0 going into the postseason. And I think it's another chapter of Minnesota ineptitude, whether it's Blair Walsh missing a 20-yard field goal or Kirk Cousins completely blowing the whole the whole deal granted it's going to take 
uh, legitimate game of the Giants because they're not very good either. No. They're better than the bottom tier, my squad, but they're still not that great. So I expect it to be weird. I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm hoping because I would find it hilarious if the Vikings blow this after, you know, just complete waste of a season, basically. It's like you went 13-4, you lose in the first round to the Giants, who aren't very good. See ya. That's hilarious to a Bears fan. <laughs> so that's the route I want. That's what I want. Uh, a clash of AFC North foes, which is normally my favorite. But for reasons that I'll discuss, and I'll, I'll jump in first here. Yeah, the, uh, the Ravens are taking on the Bengals in Cincinnati. Uh, this is another game where the Lamar Jackson's out. So, in the backup is slightly injured. I'm not sure what was wrong with him, Huntley, but he was practicing again today. So, either way, we're looking at a backup quarterback situation uh, in the Ravens uh, versus a fully torqued Cincinnati Bengals team. Uh, so, to me, like I, I just feel like it's a bummer because when these teams are at full capacity, like there's nothing better than the AFC North, like smash mouth football. Right, but that, that's not what we're gonna see on Sunday, I believe. Uh, Cincinnati's a great team. They Joe Burrow has completely transformed that franchise, and then they've done it the right way by putting weapons around him and young weapons that with Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, T. Hagan. You name it, they got it. They're the defending AFC champions, so they got that at their backs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Cincinnati's, uh and their outlook, like this is a great first game for them because it's a familiar opponent. So they're going to know stuff that you're trying to do for sure. But uh, talent wise and offensively, they have a huge advantage here. And it's going to come down to whether Baltimore's defense can answer those calls to battle. And I don't think they will. I think it's just too much. Like they're going to get so many opportunities based on the Ravens' offense not being at full capacity. Right. Uh, and it solely relies on how long the Ravens can hold off Cincinnati scoring touchdowns, which if Cincinnati starts early, it could be another one like Bill's Dolphins. I don't think it will be quite because just that's how AFC North games go. Right. But I think it's going to be a dominant showing uh, as long as Cincinnati stays turnoverless uh, or not turnover happy. You know, they play a clean game. They'll win this pretty handily. I agree. I, I I think what really sucks is what you've already, you know, what you brought up as well is just, you know, I think everybody that sees this game really wanted Lamar Jackson to play. Um, and I think him not playing really slates the, the outcome as, as fans. And, you know, looking at both sides of it, I was going to say the exact same thing about uh, the Ravens was, their defense needs to come up and shut them out. But again, it's very much like the the Chargers and the Jackson Jacksonville game. Like who who would I rather want to see play? You know, in my personal opinion, I would rather see the Bengals play right now. You know, if Lamar Jackson was playing, I'm going to tell you, I would take the Ravens, but it, it's just how it is. It's how the cards have fallen and, mm-hmm. you know, keys to success for for um, Baltimore is defense. You need to play outright the best game you've ever played. John Harbaugh needs to not look confused on the sideline as to what's <laughs> going on. And, um, you know, just work with your offense. See, uh, work with your offense. See what's successful. Move forward. Get points on the board. I think if they're going to 
if they really want to try and win that game, they got to score fast and they have to score often and they got to keep going. Do not get off the gas. Cincinnati, on the other hand, I think they're, I think they're a successful team. I would love to see Cincinnati, you know, push through this wild card uh, weekend and with a win. And you know, I think they have all the talent to do that. I think they're going up against a depleted team, um, but you know, who knows? It's it's wild card weekend. It's literally anything can happen. So kind of a kind of an awkward game in my opinion, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I think. You know, looking forward, if if what we think is to happen, I mean, that makes for such an awesome next round between, I don't know who it would be, but the four teams would be uh, Chiefs, Bills, Chargers, and Bengals. Like, that is th- – those are games you want to know exactly right. where you're going to be. It's appointment television. You know, you got to yeah. know exactly where you're at and watch those games because that is like – anybody can win those games, really, if they play right. the game. So, we're – but in these matchups, we're talking about the discrepancies in quarterback, which is huge. But that's what an 18-week season will do. I mean, yeah, there's so many. You know, it's a it's a just brutal game on the body. And as you can see, seven teams make it, and five of those teams are fully stocked and ready to go. And two of them are trying to figure out, as we're trying to figure out, what is the path to success. And Correct. that is the Dolphins and Ravens who have to figure that out in a week's time. So it'll be interesting to see how those teams respond, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a totally uphill battle. Anyway, just want to touch on that. <laughs> last last game is on Monday no. between, and I think this is a little more interesting than people uh, give it credit for based on what happened last week. Because, look, I'm going to get into it. <laughs> Dallas at Tampa Bay, which, say what you will about Tampa Bay, which I'm a huge anti-NFC South guy this year. It's terrible football. It was disgusting to watch, but they're in it, and there's nothing we can do about it. So now <laughs> here we are. Uh, I think we ended up with a winning record, but it was bad. I mean, a couple of those Monday night games, Sunday night games, I'm going, what? this is hardly football. Anyway. Oh, my God. I Dallas. Dallas was a pretty good team all year. What were they doing last week? I mean, just completely dominated by the commanders who weren't aren't even in the playoffs. They weren't trying to make the playoffs. The they what? They drank before the game. It was one it was like it was horrible. No offensive output at all. Oh my God. I mean Dak Prescott, that was that his worst game ever? Because it certainly like they it was a three and out parade. Yes. And that is not how you want to go into the playoffs. And, yeah, you could go – you could lose that game like they did and go, yeah, okay, bad game, brush it off, move on to the next, which they very well might. However, there's something in the back of your head going, what the hell happened out there today? I agree. We didn't We didn't go in there wanting to score three points and put up 100 yards of offense. So that's – and just, by the way, textbook, textbook Cowboys. To do this in the last game, it's not like they are playing the Eagles. It's not like they are playing somebody – Good. They're playing the worst team in the division. Granted, right. they weren't awful, but I mean, you're supposed to win that game. It, if they were, if it was based on records alone, the Cowboys would be like a four seed, three seed. But since the Eagles won the division, they're not. And they look, they played like garbage. So now, I mean, you're going in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, say what you will about how he's played this year, which hasn't been great. 
Right. But they've turned it on a little bit more in the last two weeks. And, he, I mean, if there's one guy that knows how to win in the playoffs, it's obviously Tom Brady. I agree. So, if you're the Bucks, I take that completely in stride. Go, okay, season was terrible. Wash it away. Now we're 0-0, playing the home game. Let's make something happen. I think that's a better uh, storyline than what Dallas is coming to. I think Dallas is a better team, but they could easily get in their own way like they did last week. Uh, so, yeah, you know what? I am going to take Tampa Bay just because Dallas was discussing last week, and it's it would just be so Dallas to have such a like great year and then lose wildcard weekend after so much expectation had risen from their year this year. I am taking Tampa Bay as well. And my oh, now the Cowboys are winning. <laughs> oh, they're totally they're totally gonna win. And it don't don't get me wrong, I made that decision in the last 30 seconds. But <laughs> um the thing is is I just don't want to see the Cowboys win because of how poorly they played last week. I mean what whatever you want to say about the about the Cowboys, like if they chose to take it easy and just like, eh, we'll do what we want. Three and out, three and out, three and out. We don't need a first down. Protect guys. We'll get through the wild card game. We're playing Tampa Bay. They're down. You know, like you know, they didn't really know who they were playing until that morning. But nonetheless, right? I I I just don't want to see that horrendous of football play go through a wild card weekend. I don't want to see it. I don't deserve it as a football fan, and I don't want to see it. <laughs> Number two, you know, Tampa Bay, yes, they have played very poorly. I, I mean, they they have <laughs> – I mean, if you want some conspiracy theory of Roger Goodell is in love with Tom Brady, just look at this season and where he is. Let's just put it that way. Um, but, again – I like that. I would love I would love to see Tom Brady just whether you love him or you hate him. The man's successful. I would love to see him push his team through as far as he can and with how poorly they've played. Mind you, he hasn't played that well either. I mean, good lord. You know, he played so bad he got a divorce. Let's just put it that way. And and you know, I mean, but again, yeah. Tampa Bay Tampa Bay is it's just a team. Like, what can you guys do? Be successful. Lean on Tom Brady a lot. That's, in my opinion, lean on him a lot this game. Force him to really take control like Tom Brady can and figure it out. Defense, keep him in the game. That's what they need. Cowboys, Dak Prescott, I don't know, maybe get out of your own way. Figure it out. Give it to Zeke. Do it. Mike McCarthy, which eye is looking at the football field? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But... <laughs> I think Cowboys, you know, don't play like last week. Get the defense involved. Make sure you guys are being successful on the field. You know, I, I would lean a lot. I hate to say it. I would lean a lot on uh, Zeke. See what the O-line can do. See if they can give you those little those passing lanes for Dak. Dak, watch your ankle. Make sure nothing happens there. And, you know, just – I. I Again, this game to me is kind of like it's a lot. Like again, I'd say it like the wild card game. It's just we don't know what could happen here. And again, I'm taking Tampa Bay just because of I want to see Tom Brady get pushed through. I'm getting a lot of hate for that for people who are just sick of Tom Brady, which is fine. I'll I'll take it on the chin like I do anything else. But right, it's Great just deal. yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, I would rely on Pollard a lot as well for the Cowboys. Uh, he's had a great oh, yeah. year. And uh, the Bucks D is actually pretty good. So if they can make some plays happen early on Prescott, I like their chances more. Prescott, I kind of, if the Cowboys are going to win, like, can he needs to just, like, have a game. You know what I mean? Can you just have a game where, like, you are the Dallas Cowboys quarterback and you're as good as people will say you are? I would be down for that. If that's how it goes, then, hey, then I'm in. But I feel like Dak Prescott is kind of at this strange gray area of, like, what do I do? They've had a great year, and credit to him. He was out for a while, but he came back. They've been winning games. I'm not saying he's had a bad year. I'm saying, like, in these moments, like last year, they lost to San Francisco in Dallas. Right. Um, he hasn't been that successful in these situations. He's a probably top 10 quarterback toward the lower bottom of the 10. Right. But, um, I mean, you got to win at some point. Brady is he's the best ever to do it, so he's already had his winning. Yeah. He knows how to do it, though, so this is a good test for him. So we'll see. I got Bucks, but it's going to be weird and <laughs> gross. And if it is, then I like the Bucks even more. <laughs> and then the last topic, just kind of, you know, I feel like it just had to be addressed. Uh, just a, one of the crazier things, maybe craziest thing I've ever seen, is the DeMar Hamlin situation, which has gone uh, – viral i would say um and the craziest thing for me was so i'm watching i was watching the game on my computer while watching something on my television so the sound was off on my laptop right and i saw that someone was hurt i didn't see the play saw that someone was hurt and then i'm like okay as they do like they'll you know he'll he'll get up and they'll rush him off and then it was like it had just been so long and they were still around the field. I was going like, hold on, like, what's happening here? Right. And then I turned on the sound, looked at Twitter and then it was obviously something terrible had happened, which right. is that he suffered a heart attack on the field. Just crazy freak hit that hit him at the wrong time and hit him directly in the path where it like couldn't go, you know? Right. Um, but anyway, that's, you know, the background. So it was scary shit. Um, but just, I mean, so he's recovered and, like, the way the world has, like, united around it has been pretty amazing. I mean, the I GoFundMe of his, his uh, like, toy drive was, like, a $2,500 goal and it's at, like, $8 million now. Um, fans from both teams are, like, going to the hospital. And I think the bigger picture here is, like, it's just, it was such a great like showing of humanity that people cared, you know, like people cared that it wasn't a football player. They cared that it was a young man who something tragic had happened to him that no one expected and that the world is, you know, being empathetic toward his family and like that situation and trying to do whatever positive thing they can, whether it's prayers or donating or but anyway, however you phrase it, like people united in that chaos, basically. Right. And uh, I mean, it was a beautiful thing to see that it's not just about football. It's about like caring for other people and like people care about other people, which you don't really see on a regular basis of like what you'll see on the news is more so the negative things that are going on or like yeah. crime that's happening or politics hating each other's side. 
And this was just like at the very end of the day, like people care about other people like getting through something. Yeah. And that was amazing to see. And it's amazing to see like his recovery already. I mean, it's been a week and um, I mean, I was checking it all the time of just like seeing where he was at and he was out for a couple of days and then like he was, his eyes were open and he was like hanging out with his family, like holding their hand. And then his first question when they take out his breathing tube was, do we win the game? I mean, yeah, unbelievable. Um, and I mean, he's just continued to progress from there and just, I don't know. It, it seems it's nothing that we've ever seen in sports or like life really to like that type of magnitude of people rallying around something other than like nine eleven or like something like that. Like I hate to put it like in that respect, but it really was like universally there was one thought around it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was a, uh, it's been a pretty awesome thing to see. And then like just the bills players talking about how much he meant to them and um just you know us being playing football in the past and like being a part of a team like you realize or you don't realize but you understand like the the closeness you have with your teammates yes. and like if anything would have ever happened to anybody that I ever played with like it would be the same exact like distraught feeling of like what like it's just something you never want to see anybody go through because like it literally is you never know when your time is coming and that's just another example of like the guy's playing on the biggest stage, like just trying to make a normal play. And then it could be his moment, which thankfully it's not, but yeah, I don't know. What's your, what do you got on it? I think, um, you know, just, it, it was really fun and not funny. It was very, um, it was a coincidence because when I saw him go down, I went through the same thing uh, with you. I was watching it. Um, and the first thing I said was, I think he had a heart attack. Like that was my, that was my immediate response was he stood up and he went down. I think he had a heart attack. That was, and I was watching football with a bunch of people. And that was the first thing I said, and everyone was disagreeing with me (laughs) and it just, I, you know, again, I didn't want to be right, but I was, and it, what, what you said was beautiful and I agree with it 1000%. Um, and there's not much I can really add to that because I feel exactly the same way. Um, I think one thing I will add, and it might turn into two or three things, but is cause that's just my way. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the biggest thing that I got out of all of that was as football fans of the NFL, we constantly talk about, players just doing their job. And I think we kind of get to a point of fans, especially, and I'm, I'm, I'm making this a broad stroke, especially people who have never played football or played an actual team sport. We look at players like just do the job. They're not there to be friends. It's not family. They're getting money. There's a certain percentage of people that think that way with Mm -hmm. that situation it allowed people from the outside looking in to really see what one a team is doing in closed doors. I mean, to have, you know, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen visibly crying on the field because of how 
shocked, worried, all your emotions. I mean, you got adrenaline going. You are an emotional wreck at that point. But mm-hmm. to see how much that they care for another teammate is it it it, it speak it spoke volumes and it's speaking volumes. And that to me is one of the most like memorable things I have about this is the fact that we as fans got to see a team behind closed doors, you know, and then I was talking to a couple people about it. I go, you know, we, we get to see hard knocks, but we don't get to see like you and I, we played football together. There's memories of shit that you and I did that, you know, we will talk about for the rest of our lives <laughs> and it brings yeah. us closer. And I think I, I talk about this constantly to people is if you play a sport and you go through the grind together, you become a family. You talk about things. You may not get deep with people, but you know what? Mm-hmm. You are both. You all of, the whole team is working towards one goal and struggles, highs, lows, everything. It showed that. And with this scenario, it it put that on a platform for billions of people to see. Mm-hmm. And it, it again, I'm. Sad that it happened. I'm happy that we get to see a response from the community of football and outside of that. Um, I'm extremely happy that he's getting better. I am really happy with what the NFL and the NFLPA have done to really support him. I think also it, it shines a new light on the worries of what future players need to worry about on the field. Mm-hmm. I think you know, we talk about safety a lot and, you know, we always want that big hit, but I said it earlier in the show and I say it all the time. I never hope that anybody gets hurt. It's a part of the game, but to have that, to have such a severe injury on the field, I mean, the guy should have died. I, I hate to say that. And I, I, I agree. And, and, but, again, but let me jump in there. Thank God for, the Bills staff to like yes. recognize the situation <laughs> so quickly. Like, I mean, that's unbelievable, really. That right. You can figure that out like that. And obviously, we don't know the train that goes into it, but like, thank God there's people like that. Yeah. That were right yeah. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I'm just, again, I, I, we could talk about this at length. We could make it a whole other episode. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think you and I both agree, and I think we are a part of you know, many people that one are happy that he's recovered and he's getting better. I think two, it shows how much of a competitor he was when he's asking, you know, and how much he cares about his team too. Like, did we win? And number three, I think it really put a real experience of like players are people too. Mm -hmm. And what they go through will create them into a family. And as fans, like, we're a family no matter what. You watch the Bears, you're a family of that Bears team. I watched the Bills. I mean, I was immediately affected, and I mm-hmm. I felt it. But you know, I'm excited to see his future. I'm happy that he's getting. I'm happy that he's on the up and up. And you know, I, I just it was a great moment in football and in humanity. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And uh, this is the last thing I wanted to say, just like the beautiful part that strangely like it's brought out in people is uh, like before the game, before the games this week, uh, 
players like the one I'm thinking of is the Chargers Bronco game. Yeah. Derwin James and Russell Wilson met in the middle of the field because they're both number three. And like they just like set a prayer together like before the game. And then there was uh, other games where the entire teams like were praying with each other before the game. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's another uh, notion that it's not just about because like you said, there's people that just do your job, win the game, like move on. Like it's not that simple. No. Um, and it goes beyond football. It's like people are people outside and after they leave the, the stadium, they leave the field. Like they have lives, they have children, they Families live just like the rest of us do. Like this is their nine to five. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was just, I don't, I don't know what it really is about it that like I love, but I think it's just like the taking the time to realize that something awful happened and then people coming together to hope that it's not going to happen to them too, as they compete their tails off against each other. Cause that's what they love to do. Right. Um, and then the other thing was in the bills game, when they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And oh my was, God. <laughs> I, I mean, it, Josh Allen said best. And like, I felt it too. I, Oh, I was an emotional player, emotional guy. That was like, it literally felt like that's we're literally witnessing God in that moment. Like it, he'll be okay. I guess is how I took it. But I mean, I don't even know. Like, yeah, they scored a touchdown. That really doesn't matter. It's I don't even know what matters about it to me so much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just, uh, it, it's like speechless. Like you just don't think like that. Those things like happen like in real life. Like in a movie, that happens every time. Right. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's like I said, I don't know what about it. It was so amazing, but like watching it, it was and just seeing the score, it was like my brain was just like wow. endorphin city, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God like some sort of positive sign is here. And I don't know what it means or whatever, but yeah, it was truly a touching moment. And I don't know why, but that's the beauty of it. Episode 25 thick Thick in football. Uh, the National Massacre of Georgia TCU. Good heavens. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, TCU fans. That was tough. I reached out to a few that I know, like a few of them went to the game because, like, you got to go to the game. Like, who knows when they're going to be back? So, yeah. Sorry you had to witness that ritual killing up close and personal, but hopefully you had some fun beforehand or afterwards. Right. Um, <laughs> Wildcard weekend's upon us. Gear up. A uh, little rundown here. So here's the problem. We agreed on almost every single game, no. which means strange things are going to happen. And I, I don't know what. But we both have 49ers. We both have Chargers. We both have Bills. Correct. We both have Bengals. We both have the Bucks. The only one we're different on is you got the Vikings and I have the Giants. Yeah. So – I'll keep tabs on that. We'll see what our record is. Um, the Bucks one, I think, will probably lose, but it is the Cowboys. So that's the only one I'm kind of – well, and the Giants-Vikings. That'll be a weird one. But the other ones I'm fairly confident in, um, particularly Buffalo, San Francisco, and Cincinnati. I think that's just like a – they play their game and weird things don't happen, then that's, that's what's going to happen. Right. And then uh, Demar Hamlin conversations. It's it's, uh, it's what's going on, man. 
It was a crazy event that has turned positive. Thank God it has. And, um, you know, it gives you a little more insight on athletes, I guess. Athletes as a whole and um, just how unpredictable life can be. That's right. So, Corbin, you got anything for the people? <laughs> Good Lord, a little brain fart from the peanut. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just, hey, you know, I know we had a little hiatus there, but, you know, ensure that you guys are just checking in on our um, Instagram underscore sports banter. We also have our blogs on there. We also have all of our links to where we um, post our YouTube as well as anywhere you can listen to us. We got, we're got we on Spotify, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts. We are on every platform that you can think of. Uh, we're there, baby. Uh, get the likes. Make sure you're following us. Uh, subscribe to our channel. Again, we appreciate you guys. I love doing this with Mr. Peanut. Um, and there's going to be more to come. So continue to interact with us. We're going to we're going to keep pushing content out and connecting with you guys. So we love you and we appreciate it, man. Yeah, couldn't have said it any better. And we're back in action, baby. We're going to be we're going to be firing from here on out. This is this is our time to shine. This is where sports banter was born. That's the right. <laughs> <laughs> but for season two, episode twenty-five, we out. See ya.